Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of Trojan Talk. I'm Jeff Christenberry with, again, Zach Taranko and Cole Purvis. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good morning. Excellent, excellent. It's Spirit Day here, Maroon and Gold Day at Thorn Academy. We got Maroon and Gold, we got Maroon and Gold, and we have Gray. <laughs> I forgot to wear my Maroon and Gold today. Forgot Maroon and Gold. Well, I think you wear Maroon and Gold enough, you know, yep. on, on non-Spirit Days. But yep. uh, it's Homecoming coming up. We'll definitely talk about Homecoming a little bit. Coming up, uh, we'll start off, uh, our focus this week is on the golf team. Um, for a lot of reasons. One, they're having a great season, and secondly is their season's almost over because it's the earliest season because of, you know, field, uh, you know conditions on the course. They can't play in the snow, obviously. Um, so yesterday on Wednesday, golf wins the SMAA championship. Uh, I think they scored like 201 or 202 mm-hmm. at Cape Arundel Golf Course, which is a very nice golf course. Former President George W. Bush plays there quite a bit um, as well. And I think TA already had a buy into the state championship because they won their division, but they still went out and won it anyway. Um, Cole talking to the guys, like, what do you, what was that experience like? And obviously getting getting any kind of title is always a big deal. Yeah, it's definitely a big deal, and it's a, it's interesting to see how they do on 18 holes compared to nine because every day at practice and the matches so far, they've only played nine, and now uh, getting later into the season, they have to play 18. And I know uh, Natanis is a tough course. That's what they've all been saying. It's very different. Um, but they've, they've just had a great season and a great team. Yeah, and uh, I heard some of the boys talking about some of the scores of the other players, and some of the, some guys were in like the one forties at that. Because again, you don't play eighteen; it's it's a whole different ball game. Because you may have a great nine, but um, it's great. Um, none of our none of our, our golfers were the medalists, the top, the low medalists, but still they were pretty close. So now next is the state championship on Saturday. Thornton Academy has won the state championship. Gosh, I want to say five or six times over the past twenty years. Um, decent chance this year, I think. You know, they were undefeated in the regular season. Um, and, and Cole, what would it mean for, I mean, you've been around the team, what would it mean for those guys to win a state championship, especially because, you know, a lot most of these golfers weren't here a couple of years ago. Yeah, it would mean a lot, and uh, it'd be cool to see all the hard work they put in uh, pay off because they're so competitive every day in practice. And um, there's a lot of great players on that team, so they really push each other. And... Um, I mean, anything can happen in golf because you can have a good day, a bad day. Really, anything can happen. So I think they have a great chance. And some of these guys have played at Natanis before, and they did go as a team, I think, a couple weeks ago to practice. Um, but wh- who better to talk to about the, the varsity golf team than a member of the varsity golf team? So we're going to bring in now, uh, interviewed yesterday, Braden Kamari, uh, who's a member of the golf team. Let's talk to Braden. All right, we're here with Braden Kamari to talk a little bit about golf. How are you doing today? Good. Good. So first, just talk, talk, talk to me about this year. Um, you guys uh, have had a great season, obviously. Golf, you guys have a lot of new kids coming in and out, but what would you say has kind of been the strength of the team so far this year? I'd say Eduardo coming in from Italy to take the number one spot and really help us yep. eat the teams that we need to be. What is, I know you probably played with him quite a bit, what is the best part of his game? Everything. There's no real weakness. Yeah. Now, obviously, golf is a mental sport, and, and it's a little different, obviously, because you're not really playing on a huge team at, at one time. So how do you mentally approach each day? Do you really concern yourself with your opponent, really, or are you really just kind of focusing on your game? Uh, well, the coach tells us to focus on yourself, not so much like worrying about what your opponent is doing because you can't control it. Right. So mainly about yourself. And obviously, the coach is your dad. What is it like playing for your dad as a coach? Uh, it's I'm used to it because it's he's been my coach for other sports my whole life. Yeah, talk a little bit about the course for those who don't know. Like, what course you guys play at is your home course, and, and what is the course like? And, and you probably played a bunch, but what what do you like about about that course? Uh, we play a bit of futsal, and I think it's the nicest course we play all year. So 
it's nice to have it as our home course when we get to practice there every day. What is, uh, what's your favorite hole on the front nine? Because that's the one you guys play most often. Probably three because it's the easiest to birdie. That's true. Yeah, that, that's part five there. How do you guys build team chemistry on golf, considering, again, that at the most you're playing only with one person at any given time? So what do you guys do to kind of like just get along, and especially early in the season, try to get some team chemistry? Uh, each practice, we practice with random groups, and it's competitive, which also makes it like makes us closer yeah. and helps us get better. Now talk about some of the upcoming matches you guys have. So finish your regular season undefeated, which is great, but what, what are some of the other... Because you guys have different tournaments that come up, so what, what's coming up for you guys in the next week or so? We have the SMA Championship today against Scarborough and Kenny Bunk at Cape Arundel, and then State Championship on Saturday. That's a team championship? Because yeah. the individual as well, correct? Yeah. Which one way. would you rather win, the state, the, the team state championship or the solo? You can be honest. State. State, uh, for the team? Yeah. Yeah, now that's, a, that's something that TA's won quite a bit in the past, but it's been a few years now. Um, t just in general, not talking about the team, but golf in general, what's the most, for those who maybe don't play, like what is the most frustrating part of playing golf on a daily basis? When you're playing bad, not hitting, being able to keep it in play, I'd the, say. Yeah, it's a mental game for sure. Now, what, what is your best score on nine, on, like, on the front nine ever? Like not even just playing for the team, but just ever. Front nine, 35. 35, that's, that's is that par or under par? That's because. Yeah. It's on even. The back thirty-three. Wow. Okay, on the back because the back's pretty difficult too. Yeah. Awesome. Right. So, what do you what do you say for you between now and the end of the season before states? I know it's only a few days away, but like, what do you think that you have to improve on the most here as you kind of get towards the state championship? Uh, we just have to not like uh, blow up on holes because one hole can ruin your round. So some people need to. Just relax, I guess. And yeah. Now, what? Now, for those who aren't familiar, how does the how do the matches work? Is it match play? Is it just total total strokes? Like, how does that work? It's match play and stroke play. Each each is a point, so you can win two points total, and then overall team score, taking the best five will also be a point to add up to thirteen. Nice. What would it feel like for you guys to win a state championship this weekend? Really. Really good, especially on homecoming, right? I mean, it's a kind of a. Yeah. Now, have you played what play? Uh, what course do you play the states at? Natanz. And have you played that course a lot? And what is that one like? Yeah, it's easier the more you play it because it's hard to your first time. It's hard to get used to the greens and just yeah, mainly the greens. Besides golf, uh, just talking general, like what's your favorite sport to go watch? Like another team that you get to go watch uh, here at TA. Basketball. Basketball? Or to, yeah, play. Oh, you play basketball, right, right. So what, what? just looking forward to that, I mean, obviously a lot of guys graduated from last year's varsity team, a lot of scoring, and it's too bad because I think they probably would have, you know, either won a state championship or come pretty close um, with that team if there's no playoffs. But what do you, for looking forward to this year, what are you most excited about, and, and what, who are some of the guys that maybe we don't know about yet that are going to be superstars this year for the team? Uh, I don't think there'll be, like, a Peyton this year, but... I think overall will be solid, and then I'm excited for having, hopefully, having fans back. That's true. That's true. What is the difference that you noticed? I mean, playing with fans, like obviously at golf, you don't really have fans. Maybe like a couple of parents that walk the course. But what does that mean, especially on a basketball court, when you have fans there? How does that help you play? It makes everyone play better. With the more energy there is, the better people play. 
Nice. And just looking, who's your best, uh, f- your favorite pro golfer? Anybody you follow specifically? Probably. I used to like Ricky Fowler. Yeah, he's not the, he's not the good anymore. I don't know what happened to him. He just kind of fell off the face of the earth there. He never won a major either. Yeah, I think Victor Hovland now. Victor Hovland, okay. You know, it's interesting. So just a quick story. So a former TA golfer, Manuel Barbachano, was here three years ago. Just came very close to getting to a PGA tournament. He was down in a match play in Cancun. Um, he won, like, the semifinals, and then he went to the finals. There were 16 golfers, and if he won, then he gets to play at the Cancun's Mayakoba, I think is the name of it. And Victor Hovland actually won that tournament last year. Justin Thomas played and everything. Fortunately, he lost in the round of 16. But he's only 17 years old, so keep, that, keep an ear out from Manuel Barbertano. He dominated when he was here, mm-hmm. even though he's from Merida, Mexico, and here it was freezing for him, so he wasn't used to that weather. But... Uh, any last thoughts on, on the season? Like how, you know, coming back from COVID uh, last year, um, where you, the seasons were kind of really messed up, what has it just been like getting back out there and playing golf this year? I think it makes us want to win more because we were one of the only teams that didn't get to have a state championship last year. And we just want to win. Awesome. Well, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, hopefully you get, some, get, get that state championship on Saturday. Thank you. All right, we want to thank Braden for coming in, and again, good luck to the golf team on Saturday. Um, we'll next focus on girls' soccer. We've done a couple of their live streams recently. Girls started off 6-1 and one this year. Um, we're just bad luck, I guess, because the last two games that we've live streamed <laughs> against Kenny Monk and Falmouth, they've lost. Um, both games, Zach, they, they played well. Um, the score did not indicate you know, how close the game was, and it's just couldn't score, and then they, mm-hmm. they did score one goal in the last game, but some defensive lapses um, really hurt them. They have been using a backup goalie as well, but what have you seen in those games that gives you some confidence maybe that those are just good teams that are going to be 50-50 games come playoff time? Yeah, it was the same thing with K-Buck and Falmouth. Both of the teams they had beaten, the Trojans, or had lost to, the Trojans hadn't played yet, and you know, Falmouth didn't really come out uh, out of the gate and play like a 7-1-1 team, and so the Trojans had a, a good first 25 minutes or so and then gave up two goals, which is unfortunate. And once you kind of get in that hole, you can't really come out of it. And you know, They were able to score one and then gave one right back up, so it was a 3-1. But then the Kenny Monk game was kind of the same thing. They played well in the first, and then first half, and then they gave up some goals. And it, it's a really good team. They're just little mistakes. And, um, you know, I talked to Coach Sharon just a little while ago, and she said there's a lot of ball watching, and that's what they really want to work on. So uh, it's definitely something that they need to focus on. It's hard with a JV goalie who's not played very much. Uh, so hopefully some of their goalies can come back. I know that uh, Ava Lomax, who's their starter, is, is very good. So hopefully they can get some guy, the, some some girls back. But uh, playoffs are coming around. So seven and three is not a bad place to be. But you you want to kind of keep keep it at that level before the playoffs start. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is the the difference in the records. So we looked at Falmouth, and it was like Falmouth was about the same record as TA, whereas mm-hmm. Kenny Bunk was. I think they were like two and six or something. But they mm-hmm. had played pretty much all the best teams. Yep. What, what what player for TA has kind of stood out to you uh, as a positive that maybe, again, this team really didn't play much last year um, for TA that uh, in the two performances that you've been impressed with? Um, I don't know. I would say Yabasera Rich on the outside. She's been really aggressive, playing really well. She had that great cross into Jessica Dow, who was able to tap it in for a goal, which is nice. I think, you know, Quincy Tibalt is a freshman, but um, so she hasn't been on this team before, but really controlling the midfield. They have a lot of good young players. And they, they they seem to be working well together. I'm just I'm really not sure, other than some minor mistakes, why they're they're struggling. But you know, Kenny Bunk played really well, and so did Falmouth. So I think this, the Trojans may just not have shown up to 
how they wanted to play that day. It's a game of inches. I mean, on, yep. offensively, they're getting, again, rich on the side. They're, they're in Dow. They're getting chances. They're just not putting them away. And defensively, I think a little bit of ball washing is, is a mm-hmm. perfect way to describe it. Um, just because it's really just the last pass that they're – like there was one the other night where it was kind of a slow cross across the face yep. of the goal, and a TA player just didn't – was a little too late to react, and it was a tap-in for mm-hmm. them. So um, hopefully girls soccer uh, you know pulls it back together here as we get towards the playoffs. Yep. We do have another live stream coming up uh, in a, like next week as well. Um, we have one more either next week or the week after for girls' soccer um, and also some boys' soccer. Um, we'll talk about streaming later, but this week. Um, okay, field hockey last night. Um, stick it to cancer. Okay, so they do their fundraiser. They played Bon Eagle last night. Um, it's just a great night. I mean, they wear yep. their pink shirts before the game. There's a decent fan section there as well. Um, and Cole, what is it? You know, beyond just the field hockey one, we do these nights sometimes. Girls basketball does this as well. And what is it like to to be part of the student body and, and be part of these games, especially for teams that, frankly, don't usually get a ton of fans, but on these nights they seem to just get more fans than normal? Yeah, I wasn't at the game last night, but it is definitely fun to go to those girls basketball games and field hockey. Like the Hoops for Hope game is always really fun, and um, they get a great showing. Yeah, it is, and and you know they played very well as well. And, and field hockey's been one of those teams that have been up and down this year. They've they've got a couple wins in a row, and then they lose a couple. So, um, but they 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 got some they got some good players, and I think they could pull an upset. I think that's mm-hmm. of all the teams that we're talking about. Um, you know, obviously like footballs, you know they're going to be one of the favorites to win the states. But like that could be a team that can make a deep run. And field hockey is just one of those games where you can mm-hmm. have a good or bad night. And if your goalie doesn't have a great night, then it could be a little bit of trouble there. Yeah. Um, just want to get each of your opinion now. So we have homecoming this weekend. So we have uh, a bonfire, community bonfire Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody's welcome. Six thirty to eight thirty. It's going to be behind the gym um, in the, that area instead of like back on the Eastern Trail. Um, and then on, we also have boys soccer Friday afternoon. We'll do a live stream for that. If you their homecoming game Saturday, there's a hall of fame induction, the athletic hall of fame induction in the morning. Um, and then we have football game against Lawrence, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and then the evening, since there's no dance, there's do a fall festival, which is going to be, um, I think six 30 to nine 30, uh, on the, on Hill stadium. So if you're a TA student, $5 to get in, um, there'll be a DJ bouncy house, spike ball, pickleball, all this other stuff, not pickleball, um, cornhole i should say a bunch of other stuff too so if you're mm-hmm. interested come on down it's gonna be a little chilly um <laughs> temperature i think the high for saturday is like 57 Ooh, okay geez. that's during the day okay so bring <laughs> bring us bring some bring a sweatshirt no formal dresses unless you're you know unless you're really into it um so favorite homecoming tradition um now you have not had a typical homecoming yet okay but you've probably been around them before zach you had a normal one right your freshman, freshman year? year i had a normal one so what's your favorite we'll start with you if you know what's your favorite homecoming tradition well, I guess the football game. I like I like the bonfire and the football game, but like you said, I haven't really had a real homecoming yet, so hopefully next year I do. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's always really fun. Yeah, Zach? Yeah, I mean, the bonfire is usually it's something that the usually TA students do, and then so it's like only students. I mean, community bonfire I think should be fun. I'll, I don't know what I have in my plans. I'll probably still go. We're going to – yeah, we come right at the boys' soccer game. Oh, yeah. Get over there right and get, get some hot cocoa. And, you know. Nice. Um, the game is always fun. I think usually they play a team that's not too good, so it's always like let's score some points and go out and win a big game. Um, but the dance is a lot of fun. It's unfortunate you can't have a dance this year, but it's not just like it's TA. It's basically every school in right. Southern Maine and basically most most of most of the country really. I don't think many. I mean, some other states might not be, but um, I think there's a lot of fun things. I would say probably the dance freshman year was a lot of fun, but. I'm hoping to get one in senior year. You know what the dance is not fun for? That's a chaperone. So I used oh to chaperone goodness. the homecoming yep. dances because I wanted the money. Um, and the difference between winter uh, winter carnival and homecoming was night and day. Winter carnival, they'd be like 
maybe 500 kids there. And yep. homecoming, it's like over 1,000. Yeah. Like everybody goes. It's the first dance of the year. Um, everybody stays like to the end. So it was always kind of anarchy, which is why I'm glad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of, there's been a lot of talk on, online about why can't we have a dance. Basically, what it, why can't we do it outside? And really what it comes down to is, you know, Thornton Academy is, is following the CDC guidelines. And mm-hmm. they say – you know, that a dance is a school-sponsored event. And when you do a school-sponsored event, you are responsible to contract tra- contact trace all the students who are there. Okay, now, and then, yeah, then the argument is, well, what about football? You can have football games and everything else. The MPA in the state does not consider football games or you know, any game a school-sponsored event. It's basically the school hosting two teams playing each other. Mm-hmm. That may not make, make a lot of sense to people, but I know there's been a lot of talk out there, and this is a good time to clear the air. The school has decided. Look, if we do a, if we do a dance and have to contract trace, all you need is like one case, and basically everybody, all thousand people who show up are going to have to be quarantined mm-hmm. or have to get tested for COVID. Probably would lead to a school shutdown for for a week or two. Is that worth it for a dance? Mm-hmm. Some people would argue yes. Some people argue no. But that's why. And, and maybe at some smaller schools, they're either not following CDC guidelines or they're just deciding. Look, we're gonna we're gonna do it anyway and take our chances at it. Mm-hmm. So that's you know. Th- that's that's one of the reasons why you're not seeing a dance. It's really unfortunate. I think the school has tried to do a good job of figuring something else out. Um, again, it's interesting the way things shook out. Like if you would have had a regular dance on Saturday night when it's going to be 45 degrees probably by 8 o'clock at night, uh, how many people would have gone anyway? Yep. I get it, but that's you know that's where we are. So we're following CDC guidelines, and that's unfortunately what the CDC says, and we're going to follow what they say. Anyway, I just want to get that out there. Um, my favorite homecoming tradition is usually the rally. Yeah, um, I'll have a rally later today in in the stadium, two o'clock. It'll be interesting to see how many people, how many students show up because I don't know if it's mandatory if you have like an off block or anything like you. Um, but it should be interesting to see yeah. what they, what kind of things they come up with. That's usually really fun because all the teams do dances and stuff. I don't yeah. know if that's happening this year, but we'll try something. All right, TA football update. Last week, the big showdown against Bonnie Eagle. Interesting game. So TA goes up twenty nothing in the first half. Uh, looks like it's going to be a super blowout. Uh, and then Bonnie Eagle crawls back, and they get within 14. They score a, a late, late, late touchdown in the first half, give them some momentum, then they scored again in the second half to make it 20-14. TA comes back and, and gets the win 35-14. Um, I was on the sideline. Definitely a few nervy moments there when they scored up to 14. TA just – here's my thing, my opinion. I think Bonnie Eagle played as well as they possibly could. Like, yep. There's definitely a talent mismatch when you go out there, a size mismatch, talent mismatch, and you saw that in the first half for most of it. You know, Bonnie Eagle did not turn the ball over. Didn't have too many penalties. TA had some penalties. Um, my personal opinion: if they play again, I think it's going to be a forty-two to seven kind of thing. Well, I mean, no, they won't destroy them because Coach Cooper's a great coach and will find adjustments. But um, Bonnie Eagle gave them their best shot. You know, yep. and I think that that's what it is. But this week we have Lawrence. On paper, not a great game. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are you looking for? You know, maybe some players who can get some other playing time this week and. Um, you know, get ready for playoffs because we're just a few weeks away from the playoffs now. Yeah, you still have uh, Edward Little and Scarborough after Oxford Hill, so there's still some chances for JV players to get in. But once we get playoff time, even with bad teams, you'll probably see Coach Keys will keep the starters in most of the game just because you don't really want to make too many mistakes. So a game like Lawrence and a homecoming game, it's one of those games where everybody wants to get in because it's a homecoming game and a lot of people are going to be there. Um, I think that the JV players probably be in by halftime. I don't, I mean, I don't, we haven't really been able, I don't think they've been able to scout Lawrence even that much because it's just not a team that we play very often. So uh, it'll definitely be uh, a fun game for a TA fan, not for a Lawrence fan. No, I don't think so. And yeah. Cole, just um, let's talk about Isaiah Jones for a minute. Didn't play the first couple weeks. 
has come on and and he kind of came on exactly when Bryant got hurt um, and they haven't really missed a step and what what have you seen what kind of athlete is him on both sides of the football he's a great athlete I mean like you said both sides of the ball great receiver he's a big play threat he's very strong good after the catch and uh, he's just really added to this offense uh, even though Brian's hurt he's really stepped up and I think that win over Bonnie Eagle really solidifies them as the favorites um, I mean they won that game by making Bonnie Eagle pass the ball because Bonnie Eagle wasn't good on the early downs they were forced to throw it and uh, this defense was just really good and this offense has so many weapons I'd like to see a team that can stop them I don't think I don't think anybody will. I think they're easily the favorites with that win over Bonnie Eagle. Yeah, and everybody keeps saying Oxford Hills, Oxford Hills, Oxford Hills, and I still I want to see Oxford Hills in person yeah. to see if they can really hang hang tough. We'll see. I think the game will be close because it's at Oxford Hills, but because um, it's probably a state championship preview, for being honest. I mean, yeah. that's the crazy thing about the playoffs. So first round, TA, assuming they're the one seed, let's just assume they're going to yeah. win out, um, and they'll play Boston yeah. or EL, yeah. right, which is going to be – I mean, a couple of years ago, they played EL in the first round. It was running time in the first quarter, yep. you know, because they scored 42 points or whatever. Um, and then second round, assuming, you know, Bon Eagle, Oxford Hills are 2-3, you're going to play Scarborough again yep. or Sanford maybe. So you're really not looking – and then you're in a state championship. That's It's 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 unfortunate that Class A football has kind of devolved to this because I remember the first time we went to states in 2012, it was obviously a huge deal. You had, what, 15 or 12 – at least 12 teams in each division – let alone the whole state. We played Lawrence in that state championship game, actually, in 2012, if you remember. Um, the, just a quick stat before we move on. Lawrence, um, the last two times we played them have been in state championship games, or at least the last time we played them in states. Both times they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Hmm. Really fascinating. Both times we came back and That'd won. That'd be really so. funny if they did that like, yeah. in, in this game. I think, I think Coach Gibbs is going to let it happen because we won both other games that it happened <laughs> in, so just like just <laughs> part the seas a little bit. Yeah. Um, one last thing about homecoming, too. It's funny. In the old days when we had a dance, the homecoming game, because we would play a team usually we, we would beat, by about middle of third quarter, the student section would be empty because everybody wanted to go get ready for the dance, even yeah. though it was only like 3 o'clock, but interesting. All right, so good luck to the team this week, and hopefully see everybody at Hill Stadium. We'll be live streaming that game at facebook.com slash Thornton Academy. All right, moving on to the world of sports. We're going to start off with the Red Sox this time for the first time in forever because they won an important game. They won the wild card. Um, they beat Garrett Cole, and he has just had a horrible start. Um, and the Yankees, you know, very disappointing for their fans, obviously. Um, the Red Sox win. And the question is, can they do they have a chance against the race? Is this going to be one of those teams like 2018 where they really have no business winning a World Series, but they somehow made it through with some clutch pitching at the right time? But we'll start with Cole here. Like, what do you think, you know, are there th- chances on the race? And is it a successful season no matter what happens at this point? I definitely think it's a successful season. I was skeptical of the of the job the general manager did, trading Mookie Betts and trading Jackie Bradley and Brock Holt and Ben Attendi. Uh, they've really reshaped this team. I know Bogarts is still there, and he's been awesome, but I really think this is the Alex Cora effect. Alex Cora is a great coach. You saw this team last season. He wasn't there. This team was not good at all, um, and people knocked the bullpen. A lot of people thought the Yankees would win because they had an advantage with the bullpen, but the bullpen really stepped up and pitched well, and uh, Nathan Avaldi for the six innings he gave the team, he was he was lights out, and uh, I thought it was interesting that they pulled him so quickly after they gave up the um, – the home run and the runs uh, in the middle of the game there, but it was just uh, Avaldi straight up out dueled Garrett Cole, and that was ultimately what won the game. It wasn't much of Garrett Cole who's out in the third inning. Yeah. So, what do you think about the Rays? I I, uh, I think the Rays are a good team. I, I think that the Red Sox, in my opinion, are are not. I didn't think they really had a successful season. They were like the most inconsistent I've ever seen them play. Um, they, 
I, I think this came down to Nathan Navaldi playing better than Garrett Cole. You know, I, I think the Red Sox um, hit well, but it's like, can they do that for seven games against the Rays team? You know, the Yankees struggle a little bit. Garrett Cole didn't pitch well. So it's a little bit of luck, a little bit of good hitting. Um, I think it was really funny that uh, J.D. Martinez couldn't play in that game because he was running over second base, <laughs> running out to his position in the outfield, tripped over second base and rolled his ankle. But like, I mean, it was it was fun as a Red Sox fan to see them, you know, get some home runs and 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 everyone's getting involved. Like Schwarber's getting home runs, not just like the you know the usual guys. And so um, I'm excited to see the, the series, but I think the Rays will win. Yeah, it's a t- it's typical baseball. They have these stupid superstitions, and he, with already a bum ankle, he run, tries to run over second base because that's what he does probably every time he goes out to outfield and he hurts himself. Typical. I think the Sox find a way to win. I just it, the season didn't make any sense. They they, sh- they should have been probably under 500 considering the roster they put together. Yep. Somehow they won games enough games to been in, and I think they'll somehow beat the Rays. I don't know how, but I think they will. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, talk a little Patriots here. So I'll just do a quick recap. I went to the game on Sunday against Tampa. Um, Got home at three thirty in the morning. <laughs> um, great, you know, great atmosphere. I think the fans treated it perfectly. We cheered for Tom a lot before the game. Um, the video they showed was cool, but they didn't really make a big deal of it. Like they didn't turn the lights down. They didn't like announce that this video was starting. Um, reading reports after, it sounds like Bill didn't want to do that, and Tom didn't want that to happen either. So they just yeah. showed the video. So it's like, look, as much as we wanted these fans. They are the ones who are involved. Yeah, and then the Patriots play pretty well as well as they can. The, the rain was worse than it probably looked on TV for stretches, especially at the end of the game. It was pouring, um, and then obviously the decision to go for it or to kick the field goal—not, I think they should have gone for it at that yeah. point. But um, whatever, Bill. Uh, you know, I think it looked a lot better on Bill because he almost made the kick. If he would have been short by five yards, then I think the outcry would have been crazy over the last few days. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's good to see Tom, and I think for the Patriots, even though they lost on their one and three, and their season's basically dead on arrival, yeah. uh, I think it's good to turn the page. Now it's like, all right, we've done the Tom game. You can go do his Tampa thing. Probably win another Super Bowl this year, and then you know we can move on to the next. Um, but I want to mention, ask you guys about Stephon Gilmore. He gets released, well, not released actually. He gets traded for a sixth round pick in twenty twenty three to the Panthers. So basically, release. Yeah. Um, were you surprised by that move? Yes, because he was coming back from injury. I think he would have been able to play by you know week week seven, week eight. Um, it would have been. He's he's still a good cornerback. I'm I, I'm assuming Belichick has his, is skeptical about how well he's going to play, and that's why he traded him away. Uh, it's frustrating. Like, hey, the Red Sox win, yay! You know, New England sports. You know, Mac Jones almost beat Brady, and then oh, let's let's you know, Belichick. Let me take the spotlight and get a <laughs> give away our Pro Bowl cornerback. So it's unfortunate, but I, you know, on that Tampa Bay game, I was happy how they played, and I told you, you were you were like, Zach, they're gonna they're gonna blow them out. Tampa Bay's gonna win, and I told you it's gonna be close. I think the weather had a factor in it. I'll okay. say that. Yeah. that. And and uh, obviously a lot of it had to do with the contract too. And do you think they should have found a way to pay Gilmore? They couldn't. They had like sixty thousand in cap space before yesterday. But should they have instead of spending money the two hundred million dollars or whatever they spent on their offseason acquisition, some of which haven't played that well, should they have paid Gilmore instead? I really don't understand why they gave him up for so little. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at Belichick's history, he's had a lot of good cornerbacks. He had. Um, you know, Revis, Aqib Talib, and now Stephon Gilmore, and he doesn't want to pay him. And I think quarterback, cornerback is one of those positions where you're you're good for two years. Like, your prime doesn't last very long. And um, I just don't think he wanted to pay them, but I'm, I'm really not sure why he couldn't get more than a six-round pick from Carolina. Yeah, I get I get both sides, of course, because, again, I mean, Gilmore's going to want $20-plus million a year, and mm-hmm. that is kind of crazy for a guy who's 30 or 31. Um, he's still a top-end 
cornerback, but that's how it is. The, the market resets. And I always get a little frustrated because these guys, are, like, he's in the last year of his contract, and yes, he's only making $7 million. That's because they front-loaded most of it. He actually would have got paid like $14, 15000000 million this year, if, mm-hmm. you know, but he get bonuses up front. And so the player's like, well, when they get their bonuses up front, but then get to the last year of the contract, they want to get traded, they want more money, but like it, they never want it the opposite way. So um, it's tough to give them away. I mean, the problem is, though, that everybody knew they wouldn't, weren't going to resign him, so it's like you're not going to give away a lot of assets if you can just, you know, sign him but I guess yep. I know he wanted to go to the Packers I was surprised he didn't end up in Tampa Bay to be honest but yeah. we'll see we'll, I think a lot of it's going to say see like what deal he's, he's signed with Carolina like if he signs this massive long term deal you're like alright good for you good luck but if he plays like the rest of this year under a five million dollar whatever that he would have played for the Patriots then it makes you think quite a bit there so we'll see how it goes Patriots have the lowly um who they playing this week Texans Texans with uh was it like I forget his name like uh, males or something yeah could you, I, I I follow football quick I couldn't name five players on the Texans like uh, Brandon Cooks yes Oh, Mark, the quarterback, right? Mills. Mills. Ty, we'll count Tyra Taylor. Tyra, yeah. I guess. Larry McTunsell. And then Mark, Mark Ingram. Yep. David Johnson. And Mark, and Mark Ingram. Ingram. There we go. We got six. All right. Yeah. Philip Lindsay. Yeah. So you're skill guys. They have yeah. all the scrub. Can you name a defensive guys. player? Oh. Is, Merc- um, is Merciless still playing? Justin Reed. Reed is, yep. Who the heck is Justin I Reed? I think, is it what, Whitney Merciless? I think yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. still a linebacker yeah. there. Okay, so we named eight guys out of 54. That's not a good sign for the Texans. <laughs> they're they're the, probably the worst franchise in sports right yeah. now. All right, and last as we wrap up here, let's just do, a, you know, we're six week, five weeks into the season. Let's do a fantasy update. Um, I'm in five leagues, so whatever. I'll just talk about the two leagues I care about the most. One of them, I'm 4-0, um, rolling, and the other one, I'm 0-4. I, I, and it's like I have no injuries. I I went I didn't go the route because it was an auction draft. I didn't go the route of like getting two or three great guys and then crap. Mm-hmm. I got like all like decent guys. Guys like Jonathan Taylor, whoops, Miles Sanders, <laughs> um Justin uh, J- uh Jacobs from from Oakland. Stefan Diggs hasn't played well. AJ Brown's been terrible. Like it's just like I, I look at my team like there's no one to trade because they're all they all should be good and they're not injured, so yeah. it's been rough. So it's whatever my season's over. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think the best strategy is to draft running backs early because you can see there are a lot of receivers that you draft that you draft in like the later rounds that you're comfortable starting. But mm-hmm. if your if your running backs are subpar, it really gives you a disadvantage. Um, there's a lot of value at receiver. Like you see guys like Mike Williams from the Chargers and Corey Davis from the Jets, and um, you know, just a lot of late round receivers that can really step up, but there aren't a lot of running backs. Um, it's like after the first three rounds, you don't want any of those guys really in your starting lineup. So, um, but the second tier guys, like my second tier guys, haven't done anything. Yeah, you know that's that's a problem. Yeah, uh, my team, my favorite league. I'm three and one. I'm doing pretty well. Um, did make one trade that I regret. Oh, that's okay. Let's hear it. It was. Uh, I got Tyreek Hill and I gave up Amari Cooper and DeAndre Swift, and now I'm thin at running back. I just don't know about Swift. I'm still I have him in a couple yeah. of my leagues. I'm the, still like the, I I try, I'm trying to trade away now because I think is, his value is high right now. He, yeah, because Detroit can't pass the ball. Like like yeah. week one, I have like Hopkins and and TJ Hodgkinson and Ezekiel Elliott, and he didn't have a good week one. But week one, right. I was the like, best team in my league because yeah. they all played well. And then yeah. now Hopkins, yeah, Hopkins can't, not playing well at all. No, and neither is Hodgkinson, neither is Robert right. Woods, Cooper Cup. Like it's the craziest thing. Cooper Cup this week for at least my league is protected to get 25 points is the most I've ever seen a wide receiver. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Um, but I'm trying to get Mike Williams right now. I uh, um, Beware. I know. I, I 
I'm really deep at wide receiver. Like on my bench, I've got like Darnell Mooney, who's really good, mm-hmm. and Marky and Hollywood Brown, and guys like that. So I'm hoping I can get some trade them away and, and get some good. It's players. just really interesting that the Cardinals are four and zero, and yet Hopkins is not even playing that well. It's because well, it's, it's like Rondell Moore and yeah. and, and uh, Christian Kirk are all getting the rece- or targets yeah. right now. All right, well that's going to do it here for Trojan Talk. Uh, just a reminder, we have a live stream coming up on Friday, uh, boys soccer at four thirty, and then Saturday against Lawrence at one thirty. Those are both at facebook.com slash Soren Academy. Anything else for this week? Nope. Nope. All right. Hope to see everybody at the homecoming festivities this Friday, and we'll see you next week.